It's great to have you both. We're going to be talking about your children, your children's health, particularly, uh, Dr. Shetty, with a focus on uh, this time of the year. Obviously, uh, a lot of people are fasting at this time of the year. It's very hot uh, outside as well. The temperatures have have been at kind of record levels as well. Um, And so the kids are are not going out as much. They're not getting as much uh, activity, as much uh, opportunities for fitness as they might at other times of the year. And that's a particular reason to have concern isn't it doc it it definitely is Mm. because uh what what happens is when you're not active outdoors it's very tempting to stay indoors Mm. in the ac uh on the screen either on playing video games on the computer or simply on the the cell phone and there's really no movement when you're just sitting there on the couch uh as opposed to even if you weren't outdoors and you weren't doing that, you may be walking around the house doing things in your, in the home uh, or playing with other kids inside. Mm. So uh, there really needs to be a bigger focus on trying to get our kids active inside the house or trying to find venues indoors, but venues outside the home where they can be active uh, and, and burn off some energy absolutely and calories I mean, you know we, we, we need to focus as well at this mm. at this time of year it's the holy month of Ramadan you know people uh, are obviously eating uh, less dr- during the day or many people are fasting but then you, you hear these cases of people uh, Gustavo who are uh, ending up going to hospital with things like gastroenteritis and things like this and it's kind of being blamed on overeating uh, when you know iftars and suhoors are happening because of those those changes in, in, in when we take in food when we taking that nutrition and that's an important factor for kids as well isn't it yeah absolutely ray uh, the main thing is uh, if you're spending a, a long period of the day without eating anything mm. uh, just take it slowly you yeah. know when when you get back to it uh, traditionally that's that's what people always did you know when uh, when time of iftar or breaking that fast uh, to really take it slowly you know like tradition has it you know you hydrate yourself uh, you eat um, some potassium, some shu- uh, sugars with the dates, uh, sometimes a little bit of coffee. P- you know, it's some. if you follow the tradition, mm. most of the times you're not going to be that far off, you yeah, know. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, what we tend to do is just um, forget that and go straight into, uh, you know, you name it, KFC or whatever that yeah. goes and, and just overload your system, you know, because you're really craving. You're craving the simple sugars, you're craving the salts, you're cra- craving the fat. But t- give some time to your body so, so you can take something a little bit more solid, you know, after, after you break that fast. Dr. Shadi, what do we need to particularly focus on at this time of the year? Obviously, we've got a lot of issues with, like we said, diabetes and obesity for adults, but it's a serious issue for young people as well. It is. It is a serious issue with, with uh, kids. Uh, a lot of the diabetes and obesity in adults mm. started off in in kids not just because they were obese as kids but also because of habits and uh eating uh the habits of how they eat Mm -hmm. and how they're used to relating to food and volumes of food and portions and activity that'll put someone at risk at an early age Mm. we're seeing a lot of obesity in kids uh type 2 diabetes is definitely higher in kids Mm -hmm. uh maybe not 
as high as adults, but we know that these obese kids are going to become type 2 diabetics. Can you just take us through the different types of, of diabetes? Because not everyone will, will know or uh-huh. be aware of what they are. So, so the, the type of diabetes we're talking about that relates to obesity is type 2 mm-hmm. diabetes. And that's the more prevalent type, especially in adults. It relates to overweight and obesity uh, and is caused by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a condition where weight loss, eating healthy, being more active will help it be reduced or even go away. Mm. Uh, so it may be cured as opposed to what's called type 1 diabetes, which is more a condition that's known in kids mm-hmm. and some adults where it doesn't relate to obesity. It's more related to uh, an immune problem in the body and the body is not making any insulin. And those are people who need to take insulin injections. And that doesn't go away mm. uh, regardless of food and activity until medicine finds a way to cure it. So they're, they're slightly different. Uh, Here's the thing. I'm, I'm thinking, types. you know, there'll be people listening to the show now this morning and they, they'll, they'll be parents and they'll, they're, their children may, they'll, they'd look at their children and they think, okay, they look like they're a little bit chubby, but it's, but it's this thing, it's puppy fat. Uh-huh. It's puppy. How do we know? How do we know when they're going to outgrow the puppy fat or if it's actually something that needs to be checked, needs to be looked into because they're, they're overweight going into this danger area of obesity? Well, my, my experience so far has been that usually by the time the family is concerned, uh, it truly is uh, enough uh, and, and time to see a physician. Okay. Um, because we tend to say, yes, this is just a little bit of puppy fat or baby fat or, uh, okay, he's going to outgrow this. In the summer, we're going to slim down and he's going to be active. Or when he's off of school, we'll be more active. He'll go away. And the habits don't really change. And it persists. And it's there. So uh, generally, I think it's a good idea that when there's uh, overweight, when there's a sense of, okay, is my child on the heavy side, it may be a good idea to to consult with a physician, mm-hmm. especially if something else is going on, like the child is excessively tired, the child is urinating more than usual or right. excessively thirsty, anything else on top of that that may indicate that there's a problem or a hormone problem mm-hmm. as well definitely needs to be checked up. It's difficult, Gustavo, because we don't want to um, give our kids issues with food do we you know you, you, when when chil- children get co- can be quite fussy or quite picky about what they will or will not eat they go through phases we're talking about you know they might have a little bit of puppy fat but you don't but they might get self-conscious about it but you think okay well you look they outgrow it or they'll have you know give them some exercise we don't want to build problems for our kids unless we absolutely have to so I, i'm just sort of envisaging somebody saying right i'm going to take you to a doctor for your weight that would be a difficult conversation maybe for many people to have with their kids. Um, Ray, it is not an easy conversation, um, but that's the reality in many cases. Mm. Um, and the main thing is that we need to lead by example. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Most of the times uh, what is happening is that uh, the kids are, are getting to that stage uh, from the behavior of their parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's the step number one. So we need to be well aware that our choices as parents... Uh, our choices from the time that we choose what to put on the food cart uh, when when we're doing the groceries mm-hmm. uh, if we're just you know following what what is the the latest uh, advert you know like for 
uh, new food product for new food chain mm. uh, if that that's impacting our choices that's definitely going to take us away from the from a healthy path um, so I'm totally uh, agree with um, Dr. Shetty in the, in the sense that um, when when we detect that there is an issue with the weight of the the children, mm-hmm. definitely uh, consultative physician definitely go after a nutritionist, and that may be uh, leading for a new revolution on the health of the whole family. Yeah, because we're not gonna focus only on the kid. Yeah. We're not g- ever gonna put that uh, weight on their shoulders. Uh, we're going to act together to to sort that out. Let's start a food revolution, just like uh, Jamie Oliver Doc. Yes, and, and that may be a great way to, to bring it up when we're talking about it with the child, is that, uh, okay, as a family, we have uh, uh, some habits with our food that we need to change, and we're going to talk to a nutritionist and talk to a doctor so that we can all be healthy. Because, yes, it's definitely not only on the shoulders of the child. That even when we're talking to the, to, about this to a family and, and we're talking to the whole family. Mm. And usually the habits need to change for everyone there and not just for the child. It's, it's nice to have an event that may inspire or that you can build on to build that excitement mm. and, uh, in the family to, to make a change and mm. try to make uh, make things better. Uh, keeping in mind, a- activity is great and it's hel- it, it helps burning off the calories, burning off uh, uh, fat mm-hmm. and, and helping our health. Uh, but not to forget the food yeah. for sure. Uh, I, I wanted to bring this up before we get a little get going with the questions mm. uh, with with food we need to beware of the carbohydrates and the sugar uh, that's a big thing that that we need to remember uh, the juices the sodas the desserts even the bread and pasta and rice mm. I, I think that's a big factor I love exercise and activity it really helps our health but I feel that a big problem here more than half the problem mm-hmm. is definitely the food. It can be difficult because you know I've got kids myself, and and they can they can get very fussy about what they what they eat. And one thing that they say they love, which you'd love to give to them, maybe it's something that's good and healthy. They'll suddenly just switch and say, oh, I don't like that anymore. And so it you know it's it really is a challenge for parents to give them things that they want to eat, which are also healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and that's where you lead by example and. Yeah, just 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 keep trying and mm. and like uh, Gustavo said you know just don't have those things at home don't buy them to start with and even when we're buying things some things are trickier than others mm. sometimes something will say that this is all natural for example oh. juice <laughs> they'll say this is 100 yeah. percent natural juice no sugar added and and that's not true yeah that's not true yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, one one thing that I would definitely say, you know, when when we have an event like this and we start to prepare for it, yeah, uh, everything changes really. Um, we become way more aware of the impact that anything that we eat has on our body, either on for the good side or for the bad side. Um, you know, when when we talk about nutrition, uh, and for me the it, the closer relationship to sport, it's actually more towards the sense of. Um, learning about yourself, yep. learning about the effect of that food has on you, even more than, you know, just the calories you spend, just, you know, like, oh, I did, you know, 
uh, 100 calories on the treadmill and I, I can eat another 100, you know, I'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's much more about that. Um, we are, you know, naturally we are made to, to move, to move around. And when we start doing that, we start getting closer to ourselves, to our, you know, how we naturally should be, mm. uh, and we become healthier. Absolutely. So many questions coming in. Let's, let's take some of these questions. Um, we just had one from uh, Amjad says, eating chocolates uh, on a daily basis for children is okay. So not a question, more a statement. Do we agree with that? I do not agree with that. Fine. Uh, I do not <laughs> agree with that. Uh, it's it's uh, keeping in mind, though, that portions are important. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if someone is having a small one centimeter by one centimeter uh, square of chocolate right you know after food just because they like it, to have that sweet ending to their meal mm. uh, yeah okay it's got to be in proportion it depends uh, how, the how candy much candy bar or the three scoops of ice cream <laughs> chocolate ice cream or uh, no not not an everyday thing yeah. i would say I, I would definitely say not not every day and mm. and especially not as a as a reward mm. as many times it happens you know like oh you had a good behavior so yeah here goes your chocolate bar here goes your candy you know that that's definitely you know something we need to to be aware that that's really detrimental to the health of their kids. It's interesting you say about it being a reward, you know, because our children, you know, they are very malleable in terms of, you know, you can, we're moulding them. And, you know, if you say to them, hey, you've done really well, here's some sweets, here's some chocolate, that just goes on through your life i mean i you know I've, i could do of losing a couple of stone myself and you get to that feeling where at the end of the day you've had a tough day it's like i want to give myself something like a like a treat or mm-hmm. a reward buy a chocolate bar it's not even that nice uh-huh. but you but you you've kind of got that in your head you know i need to i need something good i need a reward i need a prize and that is we are giving that information to our children at a young age as well exactly and 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 Keeping in mind, too, that things have changed. I mean, maybe 20, 30 years ago, uh, a cookie may have been five centimeters in diameter. Mm. Now it's 10. Uh, a lot of things have grown in volume. They have. And, and so have the, the cookie jar. Yeah. Uh, we had a text in from Akil, because uh, we're talking, obviously, about diabetes in children, obesity in children. Uh, and Akil would like to know, what are the symptoms that, you, that your child may have diabetes? Um, uh, the two main things are excessive thirst and excessive urination. Okay. Uh, so you'll see a kid who's going to the bathroom very frequently throughout the day, waking up at night several times to go to the bathroom or even wetting the bed when they weren't before. Um, mm. And they're just constantly thirsty and drinking. So that's, that's, the, that's the biggest red light right mm. there. Uh, just being overweight is a risk for diabetes and maybe an opportunity to get a checkup but if those signs are there that's that's an immediate let's let's go to the doctor and we know that uh, this area of the world uh, particularly in the UAE as well we do know that we have got high rates of, of diabetes um, Shrijef uh, texted in saying is there any geographical division in diabetes so I guess where where are we seeing it in high proportion around the world so uh, with I'm just gonna stick to the to type 2 diabetes yep. caused by obesity answering this um, there is a huge obesity and diabetes epidemic mostly in the US and in uh, the Gulf region mm-hmm. uh, those are the two big areas we're seeing there's some in India as well uh, Europe maybe not not as much 
uh, again, it's all relative, but it is a worldwide problem. But the biggest geographic areas where this is an issue is definitely the Gulf uh, the U.S. Um, are the main areas. Gustavo, do you think that's down to education? Because uh, my instinct would be no, because there's so much information out there. I mean, we, you know, we talk, we hear about uh, diabetes, obesity, the dangers. We talk about it on, on this program. You see it in the newspapers, on television. But people still don't seem to know what could be bad for their kids. Yeah, um, the thing is, uh, nowadays we're led a lot by, you know, what's on TV, you know, what's, what's, uh, what's being advertised all the time, uh, and it becomes very difficult to really be able to make uh, a difference between, you know, either, you know, if that's good or not. And you find, you know, when, when you get to the stage, like in the U.S., that you go in a high school and you find, you know, a vending machine mm. with, uh, you know, with a soda, with, you know, just uh, fried snacks, and you find that in the school. Yeah. You know, that, that's, the, that's not the solution uh, that we need. Um, you know, I, I went to, I did high school in the U.S., and um, I was just totally surprised, you know, like, uh, to even find that, mm. you know. Um, and, and this is really, you know, up to, up to us um, on, on the health field as well, to have that critical eye and be able to, you know, partner up also with the education uh, perspective, with government perspective, to really be able to to educate and to help people to make the difference between what's an advertisement and what is a what is a healthy way to go. Education. I I definitely agree with that. Um, I'll see patients in my clinic sometimes where they'll come in and they say, "Okay, we understand everything you're telling us, but." Our child goes to school, and this is what happens in school, and now he's going to be isolated from everyone else. And so it comes back to us as uh, people in the healthcare realm to try to talk to uh, government schools, try to educate and make that change, because the change is hopefully going to be on a bigger scale so that uh, it works out and, and it and it, uh, it gets better much quicker. And hopefully. parent power as well. I mean, you mentioned, Gustavo, the, um, the, the machines in the schools with the fizzy drinks and the so forth and snacks. You know, parents all come together and say, hey, we don't want that. We don't want that for our kids as well. The school will listen. After all, they are paying the bills. Dr. Shadi Taba is here. He's a consultant pediatric endocrinologist at Health Plus. And Gustavo Neto is a nutrition category manager for Sports Life Distribution. And we've teamed up with them as well for our uh, very special marathon mania uh, comments as well. Hillary says, uh, I agree with leading by example when it comes to exercise and nutrition. However, kids don't do the grocery shopping, so only parents can be responsible for what goes into their mouths. That's a good point, isn't it? We do need to put the right stuff in in the shopping trolley. Absolutely. Uh, Ella has uh, joined us on the line as well. Ella, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, hello. Hello there. Good to have you on the line. What's your question for the doc? Yes, I um, I have a question. I'm 43 years old Mm -hmm. and I'm not obese. I'm 164 centimeters and 64 kilograms. Mm -hmm. I'm an active mom of two boys. And recently I had my blood test done and uh, it came that I am insulin resistant. Okay. So uh, um, I, I, I do... Yes, we have a quite good balanced diet at home, mm-hmm. uh, but I was told that I have to change my diet 
and and I have to start taking the diabetics uh, pills mm-hmm. uh, because if I don't do anything in in the next five ten years, I will develop uh, diabetes type two, and I just don't understand why why I am in this situation mm. because my lifestyle and you know what I've done it's it's just you know I mean, it, we wouldn't say that I'm. Um, for a diabetic person type. Mm. So, um, yes, I just wanted to ask why it happens to people. Okay, Dr. Uh, Shetty. Like mm. What um, advice can you give? Well, um, I, I will tell you this. Um, we, we like to think that there's a magic weight or weight for height that tells us that, okay, this is the amount that'll make a person at risk or get diabetes but it definitely varies from one person to another so there may be women who are the same height but weigh 90 kilograms and are not insulin resistant and there may be some like you whose weight is not overweight or obese but do have that higher risk and there may be other things like genetic factors and hereditary issues that 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 may put someone at that higher risk so uh, so there's nothing that that part of that you can change but someone like you maybe is a little bit unlucky in that regards but maybe with a little bit of change trying to maintain that weight trying to be a little more active hopefully that risk will get less over time yeah. Hope, hope that helps Ella. I mean you, so you've been told that you've yeah, got yeah. say five to five to ten years you need to take the pills you could end up de- developing it ha, you were a fit and healthy person anyway very active as well but has it yeah. changed how you live your life now um yes a little bit I mean that was three months ago mm. and I have started taking more exercises and I am not uh, eating any carbohydrate mm-hmm. And um, and yes, when I when I have my checks with the doctor every two three weeks, I see that uh, actually the the fat uh, uh, in my body uh, is dropping down. Mm-hmm. So there is a change, and I the one thing is what I'm happy that actually I can cam- come out of it. Yeah. So it will not be disease for life, and that's what I yes, um, that's something I don't want to have, you know, this condition for life and just take pills for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I want to do something, get rid of it, and then stay healthy, yes, without diabetes or insulin resistance. So, um, yes, I'm very motivated to do something about it and just to go back, uh, yes, to what it was. Yeah, definitely <laughs> keep up keep up the good work and, and try to do it as, as much as you can. And uh, hopefully it, it, it doesn't progress and, and uh, you can be healthy and maybe stop the medication at some point in mm. the future if things look better. But definitely keep in touch with your physician. Thanks for joining Thanks. us, Ella. I hope that um, advice helped and all, all, the, all the best with, um, with the future of that. Um, it's, it's, she said she was shocked uh, uh, and upset um, when she got the news. You know, she, didn't, she, she hadn't put herself in the bracket of somebody who could be at risk of de- developing a condition like that. And that's what you're saying. You know, it's, you know it can be shocking. It's, you know, it's not just... Um, people who are obese or, or overweight it can it can be something that affects many other people as well yes yes uh, uh one other part of this picture of obesity and diabetes is uh fatty liver and fat mm-hmm. deposits on the liver and that's another thing that we see sometimes in 
people that mm-hmm. are not necessarily obese, but they have that. And, and it, it does pertain to our food and, and how healthy we are with what we eat. Uh, so we may find someone who's thin, who's just, their body's just not healthy mm. because their nutrition's not right. Well, somebody texted in saying one word, genes. Do genes really play a, 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 that big a part in this? They they do play a role. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I wouldn't say they're the biggest role, though. The mm. biggest role does remain lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but genes do play a role for sure. Got one a comment here. Is it unhealthy to eat two poached eggs every day five to six times? To- Five to six times a week. That's a very specific diet. Yeah, th- that's a that's a very interesting case, and and I mean we have uh, all sorts of, of diets uh, that mm. we come across. Um, you know, if, if you look at people that are into you know bodybuilding uh, and are with this uh, extra calories, you know, eat, uh, eating an excess to six thousand calories a day, you'd find for them that you know like two eggs a day. It's it's there. You know, it's even before breakfast, they're mm. they're ready to uh, that. So I yeah. think the the main thing is um, to look into the the whole picture, to yep. look into the context. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, if you're taking those uh, two poached eggs and then on top of that you're eating a steak and then some fries, then you definitely are overloading your system. Yeah. Uh, but now if you're if you're looking for you know um, organic uh, eggs, you know, like uh, free range and, and and that's you know an an important uh, source of protein mm. and and um, and uh, good fats for your diet uh, i wouldn't say that's an issue but it really li- needs to be taken into account like with everything else that you're doing we were talking about uh hillary's comment there about w- the parents putting the food in the shopping basket and then obviously the kids are eating what we give them i think most families would probably tend to give their children more or less a smaller version a smaller portion of the meal that they would give for themselves in a lot of cases there's obviously things that some kids won't eat and so forth but typically you know you would give them a, just a smaller version of what we would have ourselves is that actually the wrong approach should we be thinking okay right these are the things that i can eat or these are the things that maybe i want to eat regardless of the effect it'll have on me but for them this is what i actually need to give them i need a child-friendly menu yeah, I mean, if if we would uh, actually go for you know like giving them a, a smaller amount of mm. you know what what we're eating, uh, in case you have you know a a varied and, and a healthy diet, that mm. that would be perfectly okay. But now the the thing that we see in most cases that that's not happening. You know, they're uh, we're going for you know the the easy way. Mm-hmm. You know, just you know something you can make quick that they're not gonna ar- argue so much with you yeah. uh, if they're eating that. So uh, the main thing is, uh, of course, uh, as we said, you know the lead by example and then really uh, e- explain them interact with them like don't don't be lazy to explain them you know like that uh, the, what is healthy and yeah. what is not uh, that impo- that information is as important for them as to anyone you know don't yeah. don't well, Dr. Shetty, I mean, you deal with children every day. You, you obviously have to uh, talk to their parents. You have to talk to them and, and help them to understand what's actually going on with them and their medical, medical conditions. Can they easily understand? Uh, well, it, it depends on the, the parent. Mm. Um, it, it, is, it is a sacrifice. There are sacrifices and changes uh, that the family needs to do. And with our busy lifestyles and everyone's busy and stuff, sometimes it's not very easy to make a change. And I, I, I understand that. Mm. What, what we try to do in, in my clinic at Health Plus when, when we meet these families, first of all, we meet them and talk as a family. Mm-hmm. We talk to everyone. We're not focused on one person as being the problem, just talking 
to the whole group, talking about what we can do, what things we need to do, uh, getting our nutritionist involved, getting our psychologists involved. Uh, we, we do get our psychologists to, to keep up and keep talking with the kids too to make sure mm, there's no problem yeah. like we're talking about. So it's, it's a matter of just getting the family together, talking about these issues uh, and, and moving forward. Well, joining us on the line is Fred. Hello, Fred. Hi, good morning. Hello. What's your question for our team? Well, the question is that I had an operation called the sleeve Mm -hmm. last July. I've lost 53 kilos in weight. Mm -hmm. I uh, become a new man. I'm I'm 53 years old. So that's uh, um, so my question is that asking the doctor, what disadvantages does he know about having the sleeve? I know all the advantages because I'm living them, but I'd like Mm -hmm. to know from him what disadvantages are there or having the sleeve operation, please? Okay, good question, Doc. Um, so I uh, d- definitely, once you're out after surgery for some duration of time, there's no need to mention the complications of having surgery in itself. So it seems you've had the surgery and it was successful, fine, so you didn't get any problems from the, the surgery aspect of it. Um, uh, the biggest discussion w- there that's going on in the bariatric and obesity medicine world right now is about these surgeries and what's the percentage of people who have these surgeries who are able to maintain the weight loss five years, ten years down the road. Um, There's a lot of discussion about that and uh, hopefully you're able to succeed and stay where you are and remain healthy. The problem that we, we have is that a lot of surgeons will perform these procedures without preempting that with the education that Mm. we're talking about. And so you'll have someone who's had the surgery who's maybe lost some weight, but they haven't really changed their lifestyle or changed what they're going to do. Over time, little by little, we see those situations where the person gains the weight back, and then it's a problem. Then it it could be an issue. Um, Can I interrupt? Yes, yes. Um, uh, actually, I mean, you know, losing the weight, fabulous, fantastic, brilliant, all these words. Um, I'm talking about, like, health issues, like I'm having back problems, mm. I'm having chest, uh, like, I, it feels like I have a broken rib, but I haven't broken a rib, but it feels like, you know, I'm, I'm getting, like, issues where um, weight-wise, it's brilliant, it's fantastic, it's, uh, it's up to the individual how he continues his lifestyle. Mm. Uh, whether he cheats on himself or not, I mean, that, that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the whole question. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you know any issues that are with back problems or with bones or with joints or stuff like that, please? Um, maybe not the back. The one thing to keep in mind is with these procedures, some people will get deficiency in certain micronutrients, which means certain vitamins, for example, vitamin D or vitamin B12, or folate, or uh, just a big, big number of, of multivitamins that whose absorption may have been affected uh, by some of these bariatric procedures. So it, it may be worth keeping an eye on those things, especially vitamin D and, and speaking of bones and joints and, and health, uh, getting those checked out frequently to make sure that 
with the smaller amount of food you're getting that you're still getting all those things hope that helps fred thanks very much for, Thank you for, very much. for your much call Thank thanks you. sir thank you uh, the one uh, sadly worrying the old uh, um feels like a broken rib in the chest i'm, I'm sure fred's seeing his, his his doctor his consultant regularly and getting that checked up mm, but that yeah. would be a cause uh, a cause for concern definitely a cause to to get mm. checked out and it may or may not be related to the surgery yeah. itself yeah you know? yeah now on, on my experience uh, especially when we talk about this kind of procedures mm. it's usually you know for people that were really really uh, obese and uh, and and during the time that they're carrying that extra load uh, that load is putting a lot of strain on their joints on their ligaments on their tendons on their uh, on their whole body um, so after they they do the procedure they may lose that weight that, that that's happening you know they they're losing the the body fat mm. but some of those uh, some of that stress that was put on the body beforehand that stays there for mm. some time so it's uh, it's actually very important to look uh, in an integrated way to to help them physically as well not only on the on the uh, heavyweight or not heavyweight side but also if if their body is you know it's stronger mm-hmm. if it's flexible and, and look into those um those points as well uh, you mentioned earlier doc uh, fatty liver uh, somebody's texting saying i've got a fatty liver what could i do to reduce it and uh, what do i need to avoid so it it's uh, the same things we've been talking about mm. just it's eating healthy being more active uh, carb intake is what the liver uses and transforms into fat and stores it um, and but it's definitely a serious thing even beyond just weight uh, fatty liver now is the number one cause for non-viral uh, cirrhosis mm-hmm. um, and so it's it's definitely something to keep an eye on and work on making better absolutely lots of let's just rattle through some of these real quick because i want to get through as many of these questions as possible uh sooner text in saying is peanut butter really healthy gustavo well if if we talk about the peanut butter into like looking at the industrialized alternative that we see there you know with uh, a lot of sugars uh, a lot of saturated fat then i would definitely say no Mm -hmm. uh but if we look into options in which you have you know uh, let's say organic roasted peanuts mm-hmm. uh, that are pretty much just blended and put in a jar, then then I would say that you can have a healthy alternative right there. Because p- peanuts are often used by uh, people who are doing a lot of uh, weightlifting and things like that. You get those sort of power energy bars. And so you look at it and you think, oh, peanuts, that's a healthy that's a healthy product. Okay, so I'll, I'll kid myself and I'll buy a Snickers instead of a Mars, you know, and I'm actually uh, being healthy. But uh, you do need to be careful. It's for people who are obviously burning a lot of, uh, of fat in their day-to-day exercise as yeah. well. Um, interesting one here, uh, comment, uh, question. My health club just went 24-7, oh, and I've started swimming around 1 a.m. What's best to eat post-swim uh, at those uh, early morning hours? Also, how long should one swim while fasting? Gustavo? Yeah, I would say that if you're going at that time... Um it, it uh, always depends on what you did through the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that at that time I would do mostly like a recovery swim. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't try and beat any records uh, at the time, put my body into that stress, especially if you're either, you know, going to bed afterwards. Uh, mm-hmm. y- you don't want to mess up your sleep cycle as well. So, you know, I would definitely go into like something like a recovery swim. Uh, and if you're going straight to bed afterwards, you know, just... 
maybe you know it can be a glass of you know soy milk with a, with a piece of fruit mm-hmm. uh, something like that just to give you you know just to replenish uh, some of the energy that you lost there give you a little bit of protein so you can process that into your recovery when you go into the a night. delicious glass of soy milk that's that's what we'll we'll drop one of those uh question for you doc ahmed uh sent this in he said he'd like to know we've been we've mentioned insulin uh, a few times obviously we talk about diabetes and things like that he wants to know what is insulin resistance so um to to try to explain it very briefly uh when a person is heavier in weight mm-hmm. uh the effect of the insulin the body produces this insulin that's that's controlling our blood sugar the effect of insulin is is weaker the insulin doesn't work as well as it's supposed to Mm -hmm. because of weight gain and that's what's called insulin resistance our body is resistant to this insulin the significance of that is over time as the weight gets higher Mm -hmm. the resistance gets bigger the body needs to make more and more and more insulin to have the same effect at some point the body can't keep up anymore and so that's when it becomes diabetes. So that's the, when you have to have the insulin injections, or pills, or oh, pill. pills, okay. or pills. But uh, that's when it's called type two diabetes. So mm. insulin resistance is almost like that first step that says you're at risk for diabetes. Uh, your body's needing to make more insulin to get the job done. Thanks to you guys uh, for for joining us as well. Okay. But if we want to get in touch with with you, Doc, if we want to, uh, I know there'll be lots of listeners who want to uh, call you, get in touch, and make an appointment with you. How can we get in touch with you? Um, uh, may I give our phone number? Why not? Um, so our clinic, he- uh, Health Plus Clinic in Abu Dhabi. Our phone number is zero two six 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 zero three six three. We have uh, the full realm of healthcare mm-hmm. uh, for kids and adults, mm-hmm. and uh, we're very interested in obesity and endocrinology, gynecology, uh, and, and our new hospital, Danatel Emirat, opening soon. Uh, and we're happy to see and help however way we can.